morning. My name is Michelle and I will be your moderator for this class. Welcome to the Madison, Wisconsin School. This is a school and not a church and neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year 1958. We hold classes in the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Madison branch was established in 1987. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means that Elohim is a title that a creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part into a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, nor the Latin language have any characters or letters in their alphabet that would produce a sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus or Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of our father and his son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit. And in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a superincorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there is only one name given unto salvation and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question that we should ask ourselves is, 
What was the name of the savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of a holy name Bible. Also at this school, we teach about the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses to top Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern, and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The primary constitutional objectives and aims of the Institute are as follows. First, help you find and know Yahweh, our Elohim, as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah, without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law, or so-called law of nature, and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the dragon, the devil, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which is once delivered under the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And tenth, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of mortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. Our scripture reading tonight will be Luke the eighth chapter. And that will please be read by Dr. Delilah Tucker of the Madison, Wisconsin School. And if we could begin tonight with a prayer from Dr. Tracy Wilcox of the Arkport, New York branch. Thank you. Good evening, brethren. Good evening. Let us, let us bow our hearts and our minds and... Yeshua, we are really blessed to be able to gather in your name. And we ask that you clear our minds of the flesh and let us take in this glorious gospel and please cause it to assimilate and become one with us and let it comfort brethren and bring joy. And we are just so thankful for all that you have done for us and continue to do and show us 
And let us all say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good evening, class. I'll be reading Luke, the eighth chapter. Can, can everybody hear me okay? Yes. Okay. And it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of Yahweh, and the twelve were with him. And certain women, which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others which ministered unto him of their substance. And when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, he spake by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away, because it lacked moisture. And some fell upon thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it, and choked it, and other fell on good ground, and sprang up, and bare fruit a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And his disciples asked him, saying, What might these parables be? And he said, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of Yahweh, but to others in parables, that seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of Yahweh. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil, and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they which, when they hurt here, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, for a while believed, and in time of temptation fall away. And that which fell upon thorns are they which, when, when they have heard, go forth, and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. No man, when he hath lightened a candle, covereth it with a vessel or put it under a bed, but setteth it on a candlestick that they which enter may see the light. For nothing is secret that shall not go, that shall not be made manifest. Neither anything hid that should not be known and come abroad. Take heed therefore. Ah, lost my spot. 18. Okay, thanks. Take, no, that wasn't it. It was take heed therefore. I'm sorry, people. Start at 18. Uh, oh, you know what? It, cha it, it changed the whole... Luke 8 and 18. The whole chapter. Okay. 8, 18. Okay, here we go. Take heed, therefore, how ye hear, for whosoever hath to him shall be given, 
and whosoever hath not from him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. Then came to him his mother and his brethren, and could not come at him for the press. And it was told him by certain which said, Thy mother and thy brethren stand without desiring to see thee. And he answered and said unto them, My mother and my brethren are these which hear the word of Yahweh and do it. Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he rose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? But he commanded even the winds and water, and they obeyed him. And they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. And when he went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man which had devils long time, and, were, and wear no clothes, neither abode in any house, but in the tombs. And when he saw Yahshua, he cried out and fell down before him. And with a loud voice saying, what have I to do with thee, Yahshua, thou son of Yahweh, most high, I beseech thee, torment me not. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for oftentimes it had caught him, and he was kept bound with chains in fetters, and he brake the bands, and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. And Yahshua asked him, saying, what is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. And they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. And there was there an herd of many swine feeding on the mountain. And they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into them. And he suffered them. Then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. When they that fed them saw what had done, saw what was done, they fled and went and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what was done and came to Yahshua and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Yahshua, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. They also which saw it told them by what means he that was possessed of the devil was healed. Then the whole multitude of the country of the Gadarenes round about besought him to be, depart from them. For they were taken with great fear, and he went up into the ship and returned back again. Now the man out of whom the devils were departed besought him that he might be with him. But Yahshua sent him away, saying, Return to thine own house and show how great things Yahshua hath done unto thee. And he went his way and published throughout the whole city how great things Yahshua had done unto him. And it came to pass 
that when Yahshua was returned, the people gladly received him, but they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Yahshua's feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had only one daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay a dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. And a woman had, having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her issue of blood stanched. And Yahshua said, who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thonged thee up and pressed thee, and said thou, Who touches me? And Yahshua said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, he came trembling and falling down before him, or she came trembling, and falling down before him, she declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how he was, she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has healed thee whole. Go in peace. While he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. But when Yahshua heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. And we had, when he had came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John, and the father and the mother of the maiden, and all wept and bewailed her. But he said, Weep not, she is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed at him, and they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out and took her by the hand and called, saying, Maid, arise. And her spirit came again, and she arose straightway, and he commanded to give her meat. And her parents were astonished, but he changed them that they should tell no man, but he charged them that they should tell no man what was done. Luke, the eighth chapter. Thank you. Take a breath now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Our readers this evening will be Dr. Gail Josephson of the Green Bay, Wisconsin School and Dr. Kelly Gagno of the Madison, Wisconsin School. And I will be a backup reader if needed. Welcome everyone tonight. We're glad that you are out to study with us. Special welcome to our visiting brethren from other branch schools. We're glad to have you here. And a nice warm welcome to anyone watching us tonight or in the future on YouTube. We hope that something tonight edifies you, and we're glad that you're, you're here. With that, we will get started with class. I'm assuming we'll have a three-speaker format. And the first speaker will be, I've got a first name, but I have to scroll through here and make sure who I'm talking and calling. Our first speaker will be Dr. Terry Melberg, and I apologize, I'm not sure which school you're from. Uh, I'm gonna pass. I'm from the Green Bay, Wisconsin class. 
Um, thank you for the opportunity, though. Love no, you, Terry. Here, Terry. Okay. Um, I got to grab somebody else. Um, well, let's call on Tracy Wilcox. I'm sorry I didn't type it in, but that's where we're going. All right, Tracy, you're up. Good evening, brethren. I actually am going to have to pass tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm in bed and I'm not feeling so good, but I am grateful for the opportunity and I love you guys. And I'm awful sorry. I just can't, I can't share tonight. Thank you, Tracy. Okay, we'll try one more. Our next first speaker will be Alice Seward. Don't think any less, Alice, that you were the third choice. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> okay. Not at all. Uh, glad to be here with everybody. Glad you called on me early because I work early in the morning and I'm afraid I'm going to fall asleep. But um, I'm awake right now. And it's always such a privilege to share anything that I've been shown in this gospel. And I know that it's been shown to me by Yahshua, the Messiah, and Yahweh through his Holy Spirit, Yahshua. Um, so let's just go back to the parable. There's so much in it, uh, to the uh, scripture reading, I mean. There's um, a lot in there. You want it right at one, Alice? Um, let's start eight and four. Okay. And when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, he spake by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away, because it lacked moisture. Mm -hmm. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And other fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. So we know that Yahshua only spoke in parables to the people. And when his disciples asked him why, he said it was because it was not for everyone to know. <clears throat> Excuse me. The truth of the gospel or to know of the kingdom of heaven. Um, 
or to know of eternal life. So his, his disciples, he tells them, it's given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of Yahweh, but to others in parables, that seeing they might not see and hearing they might not understand. And in ignorance, you could look at that and say, well, that's cool. Um, he didn't give them a chance. And we have to go back to his purpose and to what the arrangement, if you will, between Yahweh and Yahshua has always been, was that he was going to save a remnant. He was going to save the souls. Yahshua is going to save the souls that Yahweh the Father has given him. Um, and that's not every soul that's been created, not by a long shot. Um, and so when he explains the parable, of course, now it makes sense to us because we've been given the ears to hear it and he explains it um, so that we can all understand um, and he explains that the seed that fell by the wayside was um they that hear, then comes the devil and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. So they're lost. The devil takes care of them right away. And the seed that falls on the rock are those that hear and are happy and are joyful, but they have no root. So when a time of temptation comes, they fall away from the truth which had made them so happy. And that which fell among thorns are those that hear, but when they go forth, the cares and the riches and the business of this world ensnare them. And imprison them and become their gods. And, and then the seed that fell on the good ground fell on honest good hearts 
And having heard the word, they keep it and they bring forth fruit with patience. So there's a purpose to the parables to show in simplicity what is uh, what is Yahweh, what he is doing, what is the kingdom of heaven. And what are these mysteries? Um, so this chapter sort of lists a number of uh, miracles that a number of parables that Yahshua shared with the people and also a number of miracles. Um, Sorry, folks, I'm uh, a little tired today and just having trouble staying focused. Um, there's an interesting uh, piece in this that jumped out at me, Luke 8 and 19. 8 and 19. Then came to him his mother and his brethren and could not come at him for the press. And it was told him by certain which said, thy, father, thy mother and thy brethren stand without desiring to see thee. And he answered and said unto them, my mother and my brethren are these which hear the word of Yahweh and do it. And now some people might say, wow, that's really cold. That's his mother and his brothers. And hear how he says, my mother and brothers are these which hear the word of Yahweh and do it. And it's, it's said, those who love their parents more than me are not worthy of me. Those who love their brothers and sisters or their children more than me are not worthy of me. He comes first before all things. He is all things. And that means we love him before all things. Um, you know, I'm terribly sorry. I'm just, I'm going to have to pass it on to the next speaker. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing that. Thank you.
Thank you, Alice. We would like to invite Dr. John Carey from the Green Bay, Wisconsin class to the floor. I started talking about unmuting. You can hear me now? Now Hello? we can. Oh, goody. Um, well, I'm certainly happy to uh, join the class this evening. I'm sorry I'm late. I had to go grocery shopping. Anyway, um, I was watching. Um, I don't have anything specific on my mind. I have been watching a lot of the older classes that Terry Mel, uh, not Terry Melbourne, Terry Welsh is putting up on his Pattern of the Universe YouTube channel. The um, convention in Dallas, he's got every one of the tapes on there. So I've been watching that and, you know, sometimes I just when I turn on YouTube, a class will come up, you know, right there and it's right in front of me. So I, you know, I'll click on that. And um, yesterday I watched an old Oceanside class where they just had came back from Rick and Dennis going to testify to LA. Um, you know, the, the true gospel. And um, <clears throat> the thing about coming to class is that we should try our best to pay attention because there is something in that class for everybody. It might just be a little something like yesterday's Zoom class was a booster shot for me when Roxanne got into something that the founder said when the children of Israel went up on the top of Mount Sinai and the 70 elders were told to wait for wait for you know Moses and Joshua to come back and they assumed that Moses you know left them and so they left and what Dr. Toomey had said about that was that if you you need to stick with this thing. And that just doesn't mean coming to class every week. That means stick with it psychologically and spiritually. If you're going to be here, then be here. We need to stick with the gospel and we need to stick with Yahshua as best as we can. And if we have any need, then we need to go to him and ask him for help. I mean, that's what he's there for. As the founder said, he's there for all of you to utilize. Talking about Yahshua. So, um, you know, I needed to hear that, you know. And I need a booster shot all the time. And there's something that was said at that Oceanside class that really, I loved it, where Dr. Toomey had made a statement. When you are driving on the street and you take a wrong turn and you go off in the other direction, you know, you could go, <laughs> one time I went to deliver water bill with Dave Woolick and we took the wrong turn and we kept driving in the wrong direction. What are you doing? We're going the wrong way, obviously. We just kept driving. So we had to turn around and go all the way back 
to where we made the mistake and then continue on from there. And if that situation ever happens to you where you know you, you're, you're off in the wrong direction, you gotta go all the way back to where that occurred and start over from there. So all I'm saying is, um, like I said, I don't have anything really specific on my mind that I wanna work with. Um, just that when we come to class, we should pay attention. And if we pay attention, there's gonna be something in that lecture for you. And another thing I noticed yesterday was there was that, that there about sticking here. Now that was chastisement for some other people, but they weren't there to hear it. And I was thinking about there was a fellow who stopped coming to class for a long time and then he came back to class for about a year and he, he, uh, he was extremely sincere about wanting to know and I loved that about him. And all of a sudden he's gone. And I've been trying to communicate with this person, trying to get him to come back to class, trying to get him to go on Zoom. They went to one Zoom class. I called him on the phone. I tried to call him on the phone, you know, but the chastisement that was given to him in yesterday's class in Green Bay, he wasn't there to hear it. So we need to, we need to be here. And um, with that, I'm going to turn it back over to the moderator. Thank you. Thank you, John. Our next speaker will be the Dean of the Madison, Wisconsin class, Dr. Steve Ganyam. Good evening, everybody. Um, yeah. Um, when somebody, what Johnny was talking about, when somebody turns their back on this thing or tires of this, it just... It's, it's something we've all struggled with. We've all felt um, at times not in the most holy place. The court roundabout is kind of a tough place <laughs> to go through a trial, but that's the way Yahweh works. And, you know, we have doubts and things that go on through our minds over the years. And, and somehow we managed to stay in here knowing that's the mystery of iniquity beeping in our ear. But when, you know, I, uh, I think I know who he's talking about and I'm going to make a phone call to him later. And uh, it's just this thing. <laughs> when I hear that, I just, I get tear up almost here. It, it, it you can't throw in the towel because you're not good enough. You never were good enough. It's Yahshua. You were a carnal mind. He spoke to you. We talked about that last night. Spoke to you from the mount. You heard him. He, he didn't do that to torture you, to abandon you. Your creator wants you to know him. What is it, John 17 and 3? My readers, let's read something here. We want to know what eternal life is. You got to know him. 
Can you read for me? And this is, is that what I'm asking for? Yes. John 17 and three. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true Elohim or Yahweh and Yahshua whom thou hast sent. You know, I remember when I first came into class and, you know, uh, it was either Dennis or, or David Bullock. One of them was like, yeah, you don't have to do them carnal ordinances. Well, that, you know, a lot of people went, yeah, we don't have to do that stuff. But what we have to do is we, you know, I tell people when they come in here, we go down here and we tell you to check it out. Check out the witnesses. Go to your library or now you can Google the names and, and just get check it out. You can check this thing out simple if we're, you know, read the scripture above what we call and the one below. See if everything's fitting, you know. And then after a while, you find out that it is checking you out. And that's where it gets tough. Those carnal ordinances are nothing compared to having, uh, like David says, Psalms 19. Can we read, Gail, cleanse thou me from my David? Yep. Psalm uh, 19. And you can read, uh, pick it up a little. Start at one, just start reading. I mean, David, mm -hmm. the Psalms are, uh, David was a man after Yahweh's heart. And he was, he was, you know, he came in as, you know, the least of 12 brothers, or I think there was 12 brothers. And that was the one Yahweh chose. He was a boy, you know, a tender of sheep. And, uh, you know, he was Yahweh. He was special to Yahweh. Just, you know, Solomon asked for wisdom. Uh, Abraham was faithful. And David was all heart. He had this big heart, you know, that, that you know, when you read Psalms, you know, even like the, 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 the uh, they had these Bibles where the New Testament and the Psalms, because everybody likes the Psalms. They like how David talks. So can you read that for me, Psalms 19? Psalms 19, the cleanse thou me, or which part? Just pick it up and read down to seven. I think that's seven, so it's not going to take long to get it there. Okay. Um, the, heavens yeah. the heavens declare the glory of Yahweh. The firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night shows knowledge. See, he has an intimate relationship with his creator. You know, it's talking to me. I know it is. My creator's always communing with me. He's always near unto me. You know, he, he, he's just, you know, he's not above sun, moon, and stars to David. You know, read. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Mm-hmm. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their word to the their words to the end of the world. In them has he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoices as a strong man to run See, a race. They, he knows the law. They had a tabernacle to forgive our sins. Yahweh lived in that tabernacle out in the wilderness, and then, you know, David was gonna build solomon's temple but because he had too much blood on him he had to give the instructions to his son to build solomon's temple it became called so he you know the read 
is going forth is from the end of the heaven in a circuit unto the ends of it, and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. Mm-hmm. The law of Yahweh is perfect. Converted. There's nothing hid from him. The law of Yahweh is perfect. Read. Um, converting the soul. The testimony of Yahweh is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of Yahweh are right to rejoice in the heart. The commandment of Yahweh is pure, enlightening the eyes. The what verse are you on, Kelly? Eight. Well, where is the cleanse thou me? Well, it's down by 12 and 13, which is oh. why I am. Oh, I, did, I thought it was at seven, but okay. Go ahead. Keep going. All right. <laughs> the commandment of Yahweh is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of Yahweh is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of Yahweh are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. Yes, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? In keeping of them there is great reward. Knowing your creator, there's great reward. He knew Yahweh was protecting him and with him. He knew he was, you know, when he was chosen by Yahweh, you know, to be the next king, you know, when he, all of this, you know, he didn't say, yep, I deserve this. He just talks about Yahweh different than everybody else does. He's got that heart in him that, that we need to notice. We need to take note of it. The heart that, and he says, cleanse thou me from secret fault. And you can take that right back to when he coveted another man's wife. We had that for a scripture reading not long ago. It was, uh, what's what's her name? Uh, what's the? Bathsheba. Star? Bathsheba, yeah. And he sends Bathsheba. She's a young, beautiful woman. And he sees her bathing and, and you know. It was a secret to anybody. That was a secret fault he had. And he laid with her. And then he, when she's pregnant, he sends him off to the front so he can be killed. First, he tries to make him come back from the front and sleep with her. So it's like, okay, I, it's my baby. Well, and when, when he wouldn't do that, then he sends him to the front where it's certain death. You know, Secret faults. You think you got some secret faults, you know? And the prophet comes to him. See? And this that's what this gospel will, that's the tough thing about it. That that, you know, you can't save yourself. There was nothing good about you. I don't care if you helped little old that you were a Girl Scout, Boy Scout, anything, you were always helping people. There was nothing good about you until Yahshua revealed himself in you to you the only good about you is is that you can testify of yashua that's what's good in us because that's the only good there is there is only that good don't let anybody take that away from you don't let anybody distract you with something else it's all yahweh is salvation yahweh is good you Steve bad, Yahweh good. Steve bad, Yahweh good. Steve knows Yahweh, preaches Yahweh, Steve does good. 
and we'll get an inheritance in that. But there's nothing good about me. He, he, he's allowed me to see, you know, through that fence, the, a knot holes glimpse of the backside of Yahweh. <laughs> and I want it. It's, it. it's good. It's a good thing. It's to be desired. It's, it's like Johnny said, just go show up. Yeah, your tension span of a gnat half the time. You know, it doesn't matter. He always speaking to you. And when he gets to the point, he wants you to share in one little jot, one little tittle, one little point. It is there right on time to cause you to be at peace. You know, it's not a memorization. It's not a scripture quote and contest. It's none of that. You know, and I, I just, when people talk about they need a break, I'm like, what? You need a break from yourself is what you're really saying. And you think you can just distract yourself by not coming. And, and it's death. There's only life in Yahshua. There's only life in knowing him. He knows how to perfect his son. He's not torturing you. He's causing you to cry out and then showing you and cry out and then showing you something. It's just the way it is, you know? You, and, and the longer you've been around, the more you realize it's just around the bend, the resurrection. It's just around the bend, you know? There are times when we just, you know, scramble and then there's just incredible joy you know, like, uh, um, yeah, like in the prayer, you know, Tracy, you know, we just want to, we just want to see more of him because he's truth. He's right. He doesn't change his mind. He keeps his promises. He loves us when we're yet unlovable. He does all that. And he lets you know it. He's with you. And you just shake your head, you know, you're talking about Dallas. I can remember, uh, you know, I came into class in 85, Dallas was in 87. So I was in class about a year and a half. We're sitting there and, and I'm just thinking to myself when they introduced the first speaker as Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, I thought, what, how are they doing this? And he shows up on a big screen and, you know, but that whole seminar was, was special in a lot of ways. Uh, it was the last time we were unified as one body in this school, at least to some degree. But I, I, I saw myself as I'm, I'm one of 11 children, none of them, and I'm number eight. You know, I'm so insignificant in my family. You know, what could he know? You know, that kind of thing. And you have to understand that he just spoke to you. He said something to you and you hear it. You keep trying to bring it up to other people. Do you know his name? Do you ever hear of a tabernacle? Do you know these parables? Alice is talking about the parables in the scripture. I mean, when I came into class and they started working with parables and then, you know, I remember Dave Willekit, he and I were very close. You know, he'd talk about, you know, when we read the Passover, we're not talking about Moses and a bunch of people standing out there. We're talking about Yahshua. It's a parable. 
The whole thing's pointing him out. He's the lamb. He's the door. It's a parable, you know? Everything, get in the ark, Noah, you know? That's a parable. Yahshua's the ark of salvation. He's, he's the safe place. In him, you don't drown. All of it's a parable. All of the allegories, all of its parables, allegories, it's all a mystery. The world, you know, I had this Bible. Most of us had it and tried to read something out of these things, and it never made any sense to us. And then there's the stubborn ones, you know, who thought they were smart, so they really messed it up, you know. And then you come down here, and it had to be revealed through the foolishness of preaching and we hear something and we're elated and uh, we stand in this thing and, and we, we don't give up. We go find somebody who's hurting and we hold their arms up. We tell them, yep, I was there a couple months ago, just like you are now. Come on, you know, see, and, and we encourage because we're, we're down at the end. You watch, the weather is crazy. Dr. Kennedy talked about the weather. We've got earthquakes in diverse places. We've got every kind of craziness is happening. Gun violence is off the charts. I, I started noticing this. They were talking on the news. Uh, I listened to Euro News, and it's, it's like on a 20-minute loop. But they were talking about in uh, Turkey, in a city just north was Antioch. You know, and they just mentioned Antioch, and I go, and that's a biblical thing, Antioch. Going, in, Paul went into Antioch, and then the next day, they talked about Greece with the train wreck, and that happened right near, I forget, another one, Kalash, or one of these places in Greece that we talk about. I can't even remember remember it, but all of a sudden, you're always talking to me through these things. We're on the trek, we're on the train. It's all happening like the, the ministry of uh, Paul when he's walking through these different areas. And uh, I just take note, there's something going on, the preaching in those areas, the, the destruction in those areas, and uh, there's something to it. I, I, I may never find the total answer on it, but it perks my ears up when I hear it. You know, you hear a one, two, and you're waiting for the three death burial resurrection you know it's not just a death and a burial there's a resurrection there's all these things are ingrained in you and you just you have to wait on them you have to hear it you have to i'm i'm used to waiting for it and hearing it you know, there's times when i'm just i hate winter you know winter just you know makes what they call it sad you know the darkness and the stuff it just you know, it used to be when it was fun when I was younger and I went skiing and I played in it and I ran around in it and had legs and could run around and do things. Now I'm, you know, creaky and I can't ski. I can barely walk across any slippery things without falling down. And, you know, it's not fun anymore. So now it's depressing, you know, but I'm waiting. I wait it out. You know, I try to get busy with something, something cheer me up, go out with my dogs you know, whatever, something, anything, but it's inevitable, you know, it's all on, you can, you just got to hang in there, you just, you just have to, and uh, there's not that much time left, so 
I kind of wanted to fill in some time. I went a little longer than I needed to. So I'll call the next speaker and uh, it'll be the president of the class, Dr. Sasha Rakhmilievich from our class. Thank you. Uh, good evening, everyone. Can you hear me well? Yeah, I can hear Thank you. Yeah. Great. Well, it's uh, it's great to be here, and uh, I enjoyed what all the previous speakers were uh, uh, going into and uh, sharing uh, with the brethren. So, what was on my mind when the scripture was read is you know, a couple things, uh, depending on how much time I have to uh, to go into, not anything really new, but I hope it may be uh, uh, important just to... Just split the time, Sasha, the remaining, unless you really got something you got to take the whole okay. thing, go for it. Oh, I'm okay. So I'll... Uh, I'll use probably 25, 30 minutes or so. Thank you. So something which I think may be uh, important to, uh, to go over again. And it relates to what Alice was uh, talking about with the parable. So I want to talk with the, uh, with the parable and bring a couple points about it or several points. So I would like to go to, uh, to the first uh, parable, which is um, Luke chapter eight and verse, starting with verse four. Luke eight and four. And when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, he spake by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devour, devoured it. And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And other fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Thank you, Gil. So the question comes, and the disciples uh, had this question as well. So what, what Yahshua was talking about? So he's saying the parable, but what is it about? Continue on, please. Um, nine. And his disciples asked him, saying, what might this parable parable be and he said unto and he said unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of Yahweh but to others in parables that seeing they might not see and hearing they might not understand now the parable right. is no that, that's okay uh, thank you so what Yasha was uh, talking about in this parable, it's about the mysteries of the kingdom of Yahweh. 
So, and uh, in uh, particular, it's how uh, a person uh, comes or enters into the kingdom of Yahweh. How, how do you get into the kingdom of Yahweh? What do we need to do? What is the process uh, is? And if you remember John, third chapter, when Yahshua is talking to Nicodemus, he's talking to Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee, about being born again. And, being, and he said, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of Yahweh or the kingdom of heaven. So being born again and to see the kingdom of uh, Yahweh or to enter into the kingdom of Yahweh, it goes according to the parable which uh, Yahshua is sharing here. And what I would like to do if uh, uh, Rick allows me is to share the screen. Okay, let me see if I can do it. Just let me know if you see this. Um, tabernacle. Tabernacle, let's see if I can get it bigger. So you see it okay? Yeah, it, it could be bigger, but it's okay. Yeah, I cannot make it bigger, but that's what it is. So this is a tabernacle pattern. So entering into the kingdom of Yahweh or being born again or being saved, which is all the same thing. And that's what we read in the parable of Yahshua. It's going according to this tabernacle pattern. Uh, to remind you, the tabernacle pattern consists of three uh, uh, compartments. Three parts, yeah, compartments or parts. It's most holy place, holy place, and the court roundabout. And what? Let's see, what I will try to show how it's uh, showing that track or the direction from the court roundabout upward to the most holy place is from death unto life. And what I mean, it's like uh, in the purpose of Yahweh from the spiritual death where all people are before they know the truth, we're all spiritually dead because, uh, you know, from uh, uh, as uh, uh, in Romans 8 and 6, Apostle Paul uh, said to be carnally minded is uh, death and people are carnally minded or the mind is condemned because, uh, you know, without the Holy Spirit or without Yahshua in our heart and mind, we uh, are uh, slaves to sin and the mind is condemned. So we are in a state of spiritual death. But what Yahshua uh, does, he is bringing us from death to life or to his kingdom, as Steve uh, pointed out, which is eternal life, is to know uh, Yahweh and Yahshua. And this process is 
uh, happening is taking place according to the tabernacle pattern. And the parable about the sword and the seed testifies about it. Now, either, even in the tabernacle, you see the principle of death with the uh, altar of uh, sacrifice. And uh, in the, uh, then you uh, enter in the holy place and there is a ministration of the holy place is happening. And uh, then in the most holy place, there is a principle of life or salvation because on the day of atonement, when the high priest uh, comes on the behalf of children of Israel in the most uh, enters into the most holy place, then Yahweh appears in the cloud between the wings of the archangels. And that's when the life or salvation is given to the children of Israel in this particular example with, its, with the tabernacle. So it can be illustrated because we are talking about being born again. And uh, according to Romans 1, 19 and 20, the spiritual or invisible purpose of Yahweh is manifested or reflected with what he made, what he uh, created. So we're talking about a spiritual birth. So therefore the spiritual birth is manifested by uh, physical birth. And the physical birth in the Bible, the first physical birth of the man, we uh, uh, read about in uh, the book of Genesis and second chapter. And this is a creation of Adam. Please read from King James version because in Holy Name Bible, it's a different verse. Uh, Genesis 2 and 7. Genesis 2 and 7. And Yahweh Elohim formed man of the dust of the, of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Thank you. So in this in one sentence, you can see the whole track according to the tabernacle pattern. So the man, initially his state and condition was death. He was uh, unorganized, he was a dust of the ground. Then Yahweh Elohim start shaping uh, man. Uh, and man took shape and shape form, which would be likened in the holy place. That's where the change is happening. But in this condition, man was, still dead, not animated. What had to happen is that Yahweh Elohim breathed in his nostrils a breath of life. So, or the breath of Yahweh or spirit of Yahweh had to enter the man and, and then with it, the man became a living soul. So you can see the principle, it's death, then spirit is working as if outside, like when Yahweh Elohim is shaping Adam uh, in this particular example, and the change is happening. And then it would be likened to the second veil, the spirit is uh, entering inside of the man. And then when the life, uh, man becomes a living soul. Now the same pattern, is happening with the physical birth of the man. So again, we're starting 
everyone is starting on that uh, being uh, not existent in a uh, death-like uh, uh, shape. So what has to happen? Conception has to happen when uh, man's uh, uh, sperm and woman's uh, egg come together when the sperm uh, uh, penetrates the egg, that's when conception is taking place. It would be likened to the first veil. And that's what's happening. The change is happening. Change is happening in the womb. But you know that in this state, during the physical birth, uh, the fetus is vulnerable. The uh, uh, woman uh, can have miscarriages if something goes wrong, if it's a bad uh, nutrition, or if uh, she's using too much alcohol or whatever uh, other things may be happening. So because it's all reflect what uh, happening with the spiritual birth. So being in a holy place is not enough to be alive or to be, uh, you know, to be safe. What's happening with the physical birth after 40 uh, weeks, uh, the uh, baby is taken in the breath of life or breathing in the name of the creator, Yah, and, uh, and comes out of the womb. And then the baby can, uh, uh, you know, can be detached uh, from, uh, from the umbilical uh, cord or from uh, the mother and can be a separate living uh, creature. So that's when independent life is happening. But you see, it's, it's the same pattern. It's the same uh, process is taking place with the uh, life of the baby. So we had the example from the physical creation. That's what we're seeing right now on the chart before. We had the example uh, from the law. And as we are instructed by uh, our creator, Yahweh, through Isaiah uh, 8 and uh, 20, and reminded by Dr. Kinley through his vision and revelation, we need to go to the law and to the prophets. So and let's read uh, Ezekiel 37 chapter. Start with verse one, please. Ezekiel 37 and one. The hand of Yahweh was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of Yahweh and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of dried bones, which was full of bones, sorry. And caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. Thank you, I'll interrupt you for a second. You see the principle of death already, it's the valley. So the valley is kind of a not elevated place and it's a, it's a symbolic of death, this uh, bones devoid of any uh, water or living water. Continue on, please. Three, and he said unto me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Yahweh Elohim, thou knowest. Again, he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of Yahweh. Yeah, so sorry, I interrupt you for a second. Uh, 
So Yahweh is uh, asking uh, Ezekiel, can this bones leave? And Ezekiel says, you know, I don't know, you know. And it, uh, it reminds me that's what happened with the Dr. Kinley, because what happened with the Dr. Kinley, it goes according to the law and to the prophets. When Yahweh Elohim showed Dr. Kinley his uh, vision and gave him his revelation, he asked him, what you're going to do uh, with uh, this uh, man? And uh, Dr. Kinley said, I don't know, you know. And then Yahweh Elohim told him what to do, teach my people. So you see the same pattern here. Continue mm -hmm. on, please. Um, five. Thus saith Yahweh Elohim unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and ye shall live and ye you shall see? know that. Right, so now we are talking about this uh, holy place, the change is happening or Yahweh Elohim is forming this bones and forming the body from the bones. In the 11th chapter, 11 verse, by the way, we read that these bones represent the whole house of Israel. So what we are reading in this parable about the birth of Israel, but it's a vision. So it's a type and shadow example of the spiritual birth of Israel. Sorry for interrupting, uh, Gail, continue on, please. Mm -hmm. um, it's still in six. Um, and put breath in you and ye shall live and ye shall know that I am Yahweh. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied, there was a noise and behold a shaking and the bones came together bone to his bone. And when I beheld lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Thank you. So I'll interrupt you here. So what's happening that uh, as uh, Yahweh Elohim instructed Ezekiel, Ezekiel prophesied or preached the gospel. That's what prophesying means. Or it would be like, uh, you know, spirit of Yahweh through Ezekiel is working as if from outside on these bones. And the bones are taking shape and form and they get in sinews and flesh. So we're talking about this change is happening in the holy place, but they're still not alive. Now we already saw from the uh, pattern what's going to happen. According to the pattern, just predicting what's going to happen, the spirit somehow is going to get inside of this body to, for this body to have life. Continue on, please. Miguel? Yep, nine. Then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus saith Yahweh Elohim, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Thank you. Then he so they, yeah, that's what, that's what I need. I, I have a short time. I have like 10 minutes or so left. Uh, so that's what happened. He prophesied the second time 
or it's a double portion, it's, it's another or similar uh, or, uh, train of thought. I don't have time to go into about double portion of the spirit, but it's all likened together. So he prophesied the second time and then uh, the wind came and the wind is symbolic uh, to the spirit if, as we read uh, in uh, John third chapter when Yahshua talking to Nicodemus compares the spirit of Yahweh with the wind. So the wind or the breath comes into uh, this body and it becomes a living body or a capable army. So we see this reflection in the physical creation, in the law, in the prophets. There are more examples. I just don't have time to go through all the examples. And now go to this uh, parable of the sower and the seed, which we can read in Matthew 13th chapter and in our scripture reading, which is Luke 8th chapter. And what we uh, have, we have a ground uh, which is in a death-like state because there is no life is coming into the ground. And, but we have the same uh, uh, process going according to this tabernacle pattern, process of coming from death to life or process of salvation or coming into the kingdom. Now the seed has to come into the ground and to germinate. And then the seed is start growing which would be like into the holy place. And it's a change and it's growing, it has branches. It may have leaves if it's a healthy plant. And we read about different conditions when something happens and uh, the uh, seed doesn't grow as the full plant or full tree to bring forth fruits, which will happen in the most holy place. The same way as with the child of the with the birth of the child in a holy place, there be, can be uh, miscarriages and the child uh, doesn't carry on into, into the living uh, state. So, but what has to happen if the ground is good, then, you know, this tree uh, continues on into fruition. And what is fruition? Fruition is ability to bring life. So we can see the same pattern going from death unto life. Uh, please read uh, the explanation of this parable in Luke 8 chapter, starting from verse 11. 11. From 11 to 15, please. Thank you. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of Yahweh. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then comes the devil and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they, which when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, which for a while believe and in time of temptation fall away. Thank I'll interrupt you again. And we are all familiar with this, you know, people who come to a class to hear the word of the teaching, to hear the word of the gospel. And there are several uh, different things may happen with this uh, people. Uh, people come and uh, hear what it says. And then it says, devil comes and take away the word out of their hearts. And they say, well, you uh, teach the same thing as they teach in our school, in our church. And they, for example, and they uh, go away. 
for the second group and I uh, saw these people and I'm sure you saw the people who come to class and got really, really excited with the teaching and said, that's great and become very zealous about it. But then as it was example already uh, told by uh, uh, John before me, you know, the person comes uh, to class for, for a while and then leaves, you know, and doesn't come, uh, doesn't come back. Uh, continue on, please, in 14. And that which fell among thorns are they, which when they have heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. Now, that's what I want to stop on verse uh, uh, 14 for, uh, for a second. That which fell among thorns, are they which when they have heard go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life. So the thorns in this particular parable, parable are likened to the riches and pleasures of this world. And what uh, Yasha wants us, his bride, who he wants to make a life, he doesn't want us to stop in this court roundabout and get uh, choked by uh, the thorns or by the pleasures of this life, but be, become separated from this world, not be like uh, likened to, to the world. Let's read Romans 12 verses two and three, please. Romans 12 and two, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of Yahweh. For I say through right. the grace. Is there more or that's. You wanted much... two and three, right? Well, yeah, are you reading three? Okay, go ahead, sorry. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as Yahweh hath dealt to every man in the measure of faith. Right. So Paul is saying, don't be conform, conformed, you know, to this world, or not to be, you know, conformed to this world is, you know, to to let this riches and an enticement of this world consume you and uh, uh, sway you from the truth of uh, Yahshua. Uh, the similar thing is uh, other apostles are talking about, for example, Apostle James in uh, James 4 and 4, please read. James 4 and 4. You adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with Yahweh? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of Yahweh. Right, so to those, because spiritually we are the bride, and if we are, you know, are friends to the world or conformed to, to the world, 
for Yahweh, it's like uh, adultery. For Yahweh, it's uh, uh, en enmity uh, to him. And let me show you really quick the uh, good example in the prophets about it. Let's go to the Son of Solomon. So the Son of Solomon is the, it's a love uh, book in the Bible. And it's, uh, it's a kind of a love story between Solomon and uh, his beloved, which is really a reflection of the love of Yahshua and his bride. And what I need in the Songs of Solomon, I believe it's uh, chapter two, and I need just one verse, chapter two and verse two. Song of Solomon two and two, as the lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. Right, so his beloved, and it's talking about us being Yahshua's bride or Yahshua's chosen, how we are separated from all other women in the world, so to speak, or people in the world. It's the same way as this beautiful flower, lily, which is the pure uh, flower, and we can spend uh, uh, hours talking about this symbol of purity in uh, uh, Yahweh's uh, purpose. So the same way we are separated from how Lily is separated from the thorns, it's like the, the true bride of Yahshua is separated from the world or from the riches and the pleasures of this world as Yahshua indicates in the parable uh, in Luke 8 chapter. Continue on in a uh, uh, in verse 15, Luke 8, 15, please. But that on the good ground are they, which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Right. And if you're, uh, let's actually read, it's worded a little bit differently in uh, Matthew 13 and 23, but it's important. Matthew 13 and 23. But he that received seed into the good ground is he that hears the word and understands it, which also bears fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. Thank you. So now you see the pattern. You're, I am almost, uh, almost done. So how you come from death uh, to life. Those who uh, have good ground, by the way, good ground, we are not making good ground by ourselves, by our deeds, by our works. You know, the good ground, that means Yahweh has predestined people for salvation and therefore they have good ground. And these people would hear the word, then the change is happening, they grow in the knowledge, of the uh, purpose of Yahweh, but then what has to happen, it's understanding. It's like a second portion of the spirit or a revelation or a spiritual understanding of Yahweh's purpose. And then the person becomes spiritually uh, alive and brings forth fruits. And what are these fruits? These are the fruits uh, of the spirit. 
which we can read in Galatians uh, 20, uh, chapter 5, verse 21. And similar things happened with Yahshua's disciples. They were all spiritually deaf. Then Yahshua called them, uh, Peter, follow me. John, follow me. And uh, they follow him and he is teaching them for three and a half years, but they still spiritually dead because they asking him, you know, what does it mean, the, your parable? They have no spiritual understanding until the spirit of Yahshua, which taught them from outside for three and a half years, uh, became the part of them or came into them on the day of Pentecost and they became spiritually alive. Uh, Peter, who denied Yahshua before his crucifixion, several days uh, after that, after he received the Holy Spirit, he doesn't have any fear anymore. And uh, that's what's spiritually happening with us who come to the knowledge and understanding of Yahweh. When we come to class, being spiritually dead or dead on arrival, DOA, as Dr. Kinney put it, we hear the gospel being preached by the ministers in the school, and then change is happening, or we see the vision, the same vision as Dr. Kinley. So, but Dr. Kinley had to have a revelation to understand the vision. And he received the panoramic vision and understanding all at once. And we receiving it, you know, uh, piece by piece, but we receiving the understanding or revelation of uh, Yahshua and by him giving us his Holy Spirit. And this is when we come uh, pass from death to life or enter the kingdom of Yahshua, not by our works, but by his grace. So my time is up. I hope it was uh, clear and uh, all glory and praise be to Yahweh through Yahshua the Messiah. Thank you. Thank you. Our next speaker will please be the Dean of the Oceanside California School, Dr. Dennis Volpe. I want to say good evening to everyone. I hope you can hear me okay. You're perfectly fine. Great. This chapter that we read tonight, this uh, chapter in Luke, uh, there is so much contained in this chapter that uh, there's no way that we can cover this in a short amount of time. So I'm just going to make a couple of points here in the time that we have left. And I want to go back again to the parable of the sower of seeds, and I want to talk about something concerning that. Now I want to start at five. Luke 8 and 5. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. And it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away, because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. Mm -hmm. Another fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. 
And his now keep reading. Asked, okay. And his disciples asked him, saying, what might this par parable be? And he said, unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of Yahweh, but to others in parables. All right. Stop right there. Stop right there. Now, first he declares the parable. Now he's going to try to explain the reality of what this parable is talking about. Now, first thing he says is that unto you it's given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of Yahweh. But to others in parables that seeing they might not see and hearing they might not understand. So he's again drawing the distinction between those that Yahweh is giving something to versus those that he's hiding something from them. And we have to recognize that uh, these people uh, that we're looking at at this point in this parable, every one of them are carnal and every one of them have sin. Because he's talking to the apostles here and he says unto you, it is given to know the mysteries. Now, the point of the matter is that they were not any different in the sense of the state that they were in of the people that it was not given to. They were both carnal. They were both under uh, control by the mystery of iniquity. They were both, if you will, uh, with sin and condemnation that had to be uh, justified after Pentecost. So... What we could clearly see here is that Yahweh has already foreordained those souls that he's going to reveal these mysteries to and those that he's not going to give it to them. Even though the recipients on both sides have an identical state that's going on within their hearts and minds at that point in the purpose. Keep reading. Seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not understand. 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of Yahweh. Mm -hmm. those by, those now, in other words, what he's saying is that the, the, the analogy of the sowing of seeds is the gospel being preached. Because the gospel that we preach are based upon Yahshua's words or the Holy Spirit. And that's why we go back to the Law and the Prophets. Everything that you recite, that you quote in the Law and the Prophets are the words of the Holy Spirit. And therefore, what we see is that the uh, parable is the, of the seed is the word of Yahweh or the preaching of the gospel. Keep reading. 12. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then comes the devil and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Now let's make something very clear. When you first come down to this teaching, and even after you're in teaching, I should say it like that, uh, when the gospel is preached or the, or the truth is being spoken, the devil isn't saying, well, I'm just going to leave that person alone uh, because they're in this class and they're, you know, obviously... Uh, chosen by, by Yahweh, that's not the way the devil works. His so-called, uh, I'll use the term, his uh, uh, goal is to overcome those that Yahweh has put that spirit in and to cause them to blaspheme or to turn their backs on their creator. And we see that you know, witnessed back there with Job, how Yahweh had said to Job, 
uh, excuse me, he said to Lucifer, he said, have you considered my servant Job? He's an upright man that escheweth evil. The devil says, yeah, well, yeah, he's, he's because you put a hedge around him and you won't let me get at him. So Yahweh took away the hedge to a certain degree and allowed the devil to do things to Job. But see, now Yahweh knew already, Yahweh Elohim knew that Job would never blaspheme for this reason. Because Job had the Holy Spirit. And that spirit cannot be overcome by the mystery of iniquity. So it wasn't like it was a, a toss of a coin, and Yahweh Elohim was sitting back there to wait and see what Job would do. It was a fixed fight. That's what our founder used to say all the time, that the whole thing is a fixed fight. Now, what I want you to recognize is the devil's going to go after whoever the seeds are cast towards. So when the seeds are preached from the floor, he's not just going off after somebody that's in the class that you might think is new or coming out of the world and still carnal. He's going to try to cause you also to deny the truth, to ignore the truth, not to listen to it, not to pay attention to it. Keep reading. 13. They on the rock are they, which when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. Now, let me tell you this about that. Let me throw something about that as well, when it says they have no root. Now, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, the law and the prophets, which we call is the uh, witnesses to the Yahweh and his purpose and plan and to Yahshua the Messiah. Now, I can liken that, and Yahshua talks about how his father is the husbandman, which means he's the gardener. And the ground that Yahweh has prepared is the law and the prophets. Those are the types, shadows, and allegories from which uh, these things that we understand now under the new covenant are being drawn from. Now, what has to happen is a person has to know or hear what's in the law and the prophets in order to to have eternal life. And we know that when Lazarus and the rich man uh, had that in the parable had died, uh, uh, the rich man wanted, wanted Yahshua to send somebody back from the dead to tell his family so that they would not come to this terrible place. And Yahshua said, let them hear Moses and the prophets. Because if they don't hear Moses and the prophets, they're not going to believe one, though he be raised from the dead. Now, what I want you to know is that is the ground where you have to set your roots in. That means that you're going to have to take root in the witnesses that Yahweh has provided that give you an assurance that the things that you're hearing are the truth and to cause you to be steadfast and unmovable in those things that you now believe because you have witnesses that validate that these things are true and you're not going to turn away from the truth. So what I want you to see is, now the devil's talking about those that are on a rock, and they have no root. Now there are people that come into class, they hear things and accept them because they sound nice, or because uh, they think the speaker is uh, an eloquent speaker, and, and very entertaining to, to sit and listen to, but they don't go in and check for the witnesses, and get grounded in putting their confidence in the witnesses that are set up in the law and the prophets. So those people can easily be swayed 
uh, as we often say, what happens is after a person is in here long enough, all of a sudden the thrill is gone. And, you know, it's not as uh, uh, overwhelming to them on an emotional level because they found out that uh, death, burial, and resurrection are manifested in the physical creation and witnessed down. The, the problem is these people do not have their, their belief grounded in witnesses. And so, therefore, they're going to wither. They're not going to last. Keep reading. 14. And that which fell among thorns are they, which, when they have heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. Now, I want you to know that in my tenure in this teaching, I've seen every one of these things we're reading play out with different individuals. I've seen people fall away from this teaching for all the things that I'm trying to tell you. I'm not coming just out of a, uh, an imagination here. I've actually seen people leave for these reasons. And there are people that have come down the class that know the things that we say are accurate and true, but they're they want to dedicate their lives to becoming wealthy, or they want to dedicate their lives to having a family and kids, and that's going to take priority and precedent over a commitment to Yahshua and this gospel. I've seen it happen with every one of these things. And I want you to know that he's explaining why some of these people fall away for different reasons. Keep reading. 15. But then on the good ground are they, which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Well, can I ask you this question? I, when, I, when I we read this tonight, I want to ask you a question. Who is it that walks in the door, that walks in the door for the first time, that comes in with an honest and a good heart? And I want to ask you this. If you can come up with your uh, a person that you feel walks in the door already with a good heart and walks in the door, uh, 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 how does he put this again? He says they come in here with an honest and good heart. Then why do they need a new heart? In Ezekiel 36, he said, I will take you from among the heathen and I will sprinkle clean water upon you. Now, the heathen are those that know not Yahweh. And, know, and do not know his name. And the water that you're being sprinkled with is the truth or the preaching of the true gospel. Now, if you walk in there with a good heart and an honest heart, why then do you have to have that heart removed as it's referred to in Ezekiel as a stony heart? Why does that got to be taken out? It seems to me that if you already have an honest and good heart, well, then you don't need that part of Ezekiel 36, where it talks about in a new heart will I give you, and the stony heart I'll remove out of you. Now, I want you to know that the heart he's talking about here is a heart that was prepared by your creator within a person's soul. And I want you to hold your finger, and I want you to go to Proverbs 16 and 1. Proverbs 16, 1, the preparations of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from Yahweh. Now listen, your heart has to be prepared and you don't prepare it. And listen to this, your parents didn't prepare your heart either. You think, well, my parents taught me right. 
and you think that that prepared your heart. I want you to know that the heart that is acceptable to Yahweh can only be prepared by the Holy Spirit. And you don't walk in the door with that heart. You walk in, according to the founder of this school, you walk in with a carnal mind, a physical body, and a satanic spirit, and you walk in dead on arrival, meaning that you have a dead heart. Now, we know that when somebody dies, rigor mortis sets in. That means the heart becomes hardened. It's hard. It can't beat anymore. It's not tender. It's not soft. Now, that's the condition we walk in the door with. But Yahweh is going to prepare the heart that is necessary for you to accept the true gospel when it's being preached. That heart, ladies and gentlemen, is the heart of, uh, that we're reading about in this 15th verse that happens when you are taken from among the heathen and the gospel is preached and gives you a heart to receive it. And it takes away the stony heart, the hard heart, the heart that uh, uh, it cannot accept the truth. That's all got to be taken away by him. And you have to be given a new heart. Now, back there under the law, well, before I get this, I want you to run to another uh, uh, scripture. I want you to go over to Jeremiah for a minute. Hang on, I'll tell you where. Go to Jeremiah 17, 9, and 10. I want you to see the condition of your heart when you walk in the door. Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things. And no! That's not possible. I have a good heart. I'm an honest person. People like to think of themselves as being good and honest. But see, the problem is when you measure goodness and uh, uh, you measure yourself, you measure yourself against the likes of uh, Adolf Hitler or uh, some other highness uh, uh, crazy person, uh, Charles Manson, or uh, you know some of the things you hear on the news today that people do to other people. You measure yourself. Oh, I'm not like that. I'm much. I'm much more. Uh, I'm much better than that. Well, what you don't realize is the measuring rod isn't isn't Adolf Hitler. Charles Manson or some other uh, nut job that's out there that we re we see on the news just went down and mowed a bunch of people down for no good reason. The measuring rod is Yahshua the Messiah. He is the standard of righteousness. And if you want to measure yourself, measure yourself to that standard and see where you come up on the measuring stick. Because what I want you to recognize is when you know and understand the nature of Yahshua the Messiah, the honesty, the purity of, of that spirit, and the, and the love of that spirit, you don't even begin to measure to that kind of goodness. You need to be converted. You need to be changed. Now, back there under the law, Yahweh said, oh, that there was such a heart in the people that they might be obedient and keep my commandments and love me. Now, the people didn't have that heart in them because they were, now listen to what I'm going to say, I know they were Hebrews, Israelite, they were uncircumcised. You say, well, what do you mean? They, did they get circumcised down there in Egypt? Yes, they did. But I'm not talking about the circumcision of the flesh. I'm talking about the circumcision of the heart. That heart was not circumcised yet. 
and they were stiff-necked. And Yahshua and Yahweh and Moses said to them, uh, Yahweh Elohim speak uh, there in Deuteronomy and said, circumcise the foreskins of your heart and be no more circumcised. I mean, be no more stiff-necked. Now, the people couldn't do that. They couldn't cut away that hard heart. And in uh, Deuteronomy 30 and 6, he says, now, uh, uh, he says, he, uh, Yahweh said, I will circumcise your heart to love me and to keep my commandments. In Ezekiel 36, he said, I will put a new heart in you and a new spirit and cause you to walk in my statutes and keep my judgments. You don't walk in the door with an honest and good heart. And you don't cause yourself to have an honest and good heart in the sight of Yahweh. We have to have that given to us by the Holy Spirit. It takes the Holy Spirit to make our hearts acceptable to Yahweh and to cause us to be able to receive the word when it's preached so that might take root in us. He's doing all of that, ladies and gentlemen. He is the husbandman. That He's doing the, the job, ladies and gentlemen, of preparing the soil. Now, your soul is the soil. And just like any soil, any farmer that goes out and buys a piece of land, he's got to go out there and work right in that with that dirt. Or I'll say it this way, work in the dirt. He's got to break it up. He's got to clear the rocks out and pull the weeds out and make that soil, uh, amend the soil. They even add what you know, they have to add various ingredients to the soil to make it fertile. Now, I want you to see that that preparation that the farmer does yields a bumper crop or uh, a yield for the fruit or the, or the grain that it's growing. All of that is the result of the foundation that the farmer or the husbandman or the gardener does for that to flourish. And you are, your heart, uh, your heart, ladies and gentlemen, is, is the ground that Yahweh is going to, as a gardener, prepare the heart, and we read in Ezekiel, I mean in Proverbs 16 and 1, that the preparation of the heart is of Yahweh. He's preparing your heart to receive the seed. He's causing you to be able to, uh, to, to uh, take low and accept correction and chastisement and to love the truth and to love him. It's all being done by his spirit. So what I want you to see is when you read this, this, this parable that we're reading here, it would seem like, well, yeah, some people are good people and other people are worthless. So, you know, the ones that all fell away, they're worthless. I want you to know that the people that have the good ground here, they were worthless like the other people, albeit that Yahshua did not come in and prepare their hearts to be able to accept this teaching. I want you to see why every one of us have to know this and understand this in order for us to be thankful and to give him the glory and credit for making us acceptable in our hearts before Yahweh. I want you to know that Yahshua receives all the praise, all the honor, and don't you ever take it upon yourself to think that you had something that you brought to the table when you walked in the room, and that's why Yahweh gave you the Holy Spirit. You don't bring anything to the table. You are called out of darkness. You're called and delivered from the power of darkness. And listen, you're so dark when you walk in the room, you don't even see how pitiful of a condition that you are in when you walked in the door. 
it takes you learning some things and seeing Yahshua's righteousness and his goodness for you to then recognize how pitiful you were when you walked in the door. Now, over in Ezekiel 36, I got a few minutes. I want you to go to Ezekiel 36, and I want you to just pick it up a new heart while I give you, and we're going to read down from there. Ezekiel 36 and 24. Go ahead. For I, will, I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and bring you into your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall... Now the clean water is the preaching of the true gospel according to the scriptures. That's the living water. That's the only clean water that can be sprinkled. Them taking you down to the creek and baptizing you or putting you in a baptismal uh, 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 tub that they use in some churches, that's not the clean water, ladies and gentlemen. The clean water is when the truth is preached by the Holy Spirit through a into, uh, through a, a vessel, and it's based upon the witnesses that are set up in the law and the prophets. Keep reading. And you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. He's going to clean us up on the inside, not the outside, but the inside. Because once he cleans the inside, the outside will follow. And down in the church, here's what they want you to do. They want you to throw away your cigarettes. Now they're going to baptize you and you throw away your cigarettes. You think now you're going to not do anything that they call a sin, obviously, in the churches. And that makes you worthy of salvation. Well, I want you to know that the cleaning has to take place in your heart and mind first. What we got to do is we got to cause a new heart that the spring for that is capable of accepting chastisement, correction, and have a love for the truth and a love for their creator. That has to be there, and he's got to put it there. And he's got to change, he's got to clean out all your theories, your concepts, your opinions, the way you think about things. And especially when we give our opinions, why we're adamant that we're what we're saying is the absolute truth, that it's right, because it's our opinion. Our pride has to be taken out of the out of the way, ladies and gentlemen, in order to accept this teaching and to be humble before Yahweh and know without him we can't do a thing, we can't do nothing of ourselves. Now, keep reading, please. 26. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. Now I'm going to give you a new heart and a new spirit will I put within you. Read. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. That's the one I'm telling you about that you walk in the door with is that stony heart. And the new heart is going to be a tender heart. A heart that is capable of accepting correction and, and capable of loving Yahweh and the truth. Keep reading. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you shall keep my judgments and do them. Now he and said he's going to cause you and you will. He didn't say you'll you'll choose to keep his judgments. He said you will keep them. That that's talking about this is exactly what's going to happen. Yahweh is laying down now that it's a, that that is not something that's a chance that it's going to happen. It's a foregone conclusion as a result of his spirit being put within you. Keep reading. And ye shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and ye shall... The land that he gave to our fathers is Yahshua the Messiah, and that's the, the promised land that all of us are going to dwell in. Keep reading. And ye shall be my people, and I will be your Elohim. Read. 
I will also save you from all your uncleannesses. Now he's going to save us from all of our uncleanness. Here we walked in the door unclean. If you were so good and so honest, how come you're unclean when you walk in the door? You didn't, you didn't come in with a clean heart, ladies and gentlemen. You've got to be saved from that. Dr. Kinley used to say this to us. He said, you are your own worst enemy. And we walk in with our worst enemy right there and sit out in the chair with our hard heart, our carnal minds. And that's got to be taken out of the way. It's got to be circumcised. And only Joshua can circumcise that because that's why at Gilgal, when Joshua uh, was leading the people into the land of Canaan, they were grown men and they had to be circumcised. And he didn't say, let's pass out some knives and have everybody cut the foreskin off. No, Joshua had to circumcise those people. That's because you can't circumcise your own heart. Joshua the Messiah or the Holy Spirit's got to circumcise your heart. Keep reading. I will also save you from all your uncleannesses, and I will call for the corn, and will increase it, and lay no famine upon you. Read. And I, I will multiply the fruit of the tree, and the increase of the field, that ye shall receive no more reproach of famine among the breath, uh, among the heathen. Read. Then, then shall ye remember your own evil ways. Wait a minute. Then you're going to look back the way you were. And what did, how did he describe that? How did he describe the way you were? Read that again, Gail. Then shall ye remember your own evil ways. Your evil ways. Then we're not talking about when you were younger, you know, years before you came to class. Your evil ways walked in the door, ladies and gentlemen. Read. And your doings that were not good. And your doings that were not good. And that, that, Every one of us, ladies and gentlemen, then you shall look back at those things now that you've all been cleaned up, now that you have the Holy Spirit, now that you have that new heart. Read. And shall loathe yourself. And you will loathe yourself in your own eyesight. And I want you to know that you're going to have to recognize what you've been saved from. You've been saved from your, old, from your worst enemy, which is you. By Yahshua bringing you in here, because the devil he can do, he can work with somebody that is all blind and hard-hearted. That's the that's the perfect, uh, uh, if you will, uh, place for the devil to do his work. But when you have the Holy Spirit, he can't do a thing with you. He can't do nothing with you then. He cannot overcome you. But you're going to have to recognize that's the state you walked in with for you to be thankful to Yahshua that he saved you from yourself and your deceitful heart. Are you? Uh, I know i got five minutes left, so let's go, back to, um, let's go back to that scripture in Jeremiah that you were reading, because I want you to read the uh, 9 and 10. 17, 9 and 10. Okay, 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. It's desperately wicked. That's the way our hearts are when we walk in the door. Read. Who can know it? Who can know I it? Yeah, Read. I Yahweh yeah, search the heart. I try the reins. Now I listen. Yahweh searches the heart and he tries the reins. Read. Even to give every man according to his ways. And according to the fruit of his doings. Do you realize that you're not even conscious of just how wicked you are when you walk in the door? 
You don't even know yourself what motivations cause you to do some of the things you do. People go out and spend all kinds of money for therapy to try to come to a resolve of why they act a certain way. Well, Yahweh goes right down into the depths of a person's soul and sees the motivation and where it's all being driven from within an individual. And he searches the reins. In our own eyesight, the book says that every man, and Proverbs again, it says, that every man's ways are clean in his own eyesight. Your eyesight, ladies and gentlemen, is off. It's not right. You're not looking at it with 20-20 vision. And you need Joshua to give you the eyes to see how you were, why you did the things you did, and how blessed you are that he has, that he has called you out of that state and given you a new heart and a new soul in order to be acceptable to Yahweh and I just want you to see that that heart that he when that over there where he talks about the good ground, he's the one that prepared that ground to make it good to receive the seed according to his purpose. I hope you got something out of that. I want to thank you for the opportunity and say peace in Yahshua to everyone. Hallelujah. Thank you, everyone, for joining us this evening. We hold Zoom classes every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, and we hope that you'll join us again. Just a reminder, please stay muted until the live stream has ended. We will be dismissed by the doxology taken from the last two verses of the book of Jude. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise Yahweh, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Let us all say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah.